Welcome to the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. It's time for you. A podcast produced for the sheep industry by Sheep Connect New South Wales. Hi, I'm Fiona MacArthur, a network coordinator for Sheep Connect New South Wales. The extension network in New South Wales, which is funded by Australian Wool Innovation. Sheep Connect New South Wales has a membership of over 4,000 and our main aim is to help keep you and your sheep business up to date on information about all things sheep. We are pleased to have you join us this season for our spring summer edition of It's Time For You. With over 70,000 listens on our podcast, we thank you for joining us. In this episode of It's Time For You, I'm joined by Associate Professor Simon DeGraff to gain some insight into the Easter cycle of ewes. Simon is recognised as an expert in the reproduction and artificial breeding of sheep. He's published over 75 journal articles and three book chapters on animal reproduction and has trained over two and a half thousand veterinary medicine, animal science and agricultural university students in reproductive biology, applied reproduction and surgical theogeneology. His work has featured globally in media and he speaks regularly at conferences, industry events, schools and universities around the world. He's currently the Associate Professor of Animal Reproduction at the University of Sydney. And he also has a lot of other roles, including the Secretary General of the International Congress on Animal Reproduction, Director of the Reproduction Company Proprietary Limited and co-host and executive producer of the Repro Radio podcast. He was recently elected Fellow of the Royal Society of New South Wales and the Fellow of the Society of Reproductive Biology for his career achievements in animal reproductive science. Welcome, Simon, and thank you for joining me on It's Time For You. Thanks so much, Fiona. It's a pleasure to be here. You're no doubt on the other side of the microphone quite often, but it must be nice to be asked the questions rather than asking them for a change with your own podcast that you already have. It's very relaxing. I don't need to worry about anything other than making sure that I'm not on mute. So it's, um, it's very relaxing, actually. Thank you. Excellent. Well, let's kick off. We're going to talk a little bit sciencey to start with, Simon, and I'd like to talk about what is the estrus cycle. Sure. Well, the estrus cycle is, uh, in simple terms, it, it's just regular periods of estrus and that means regular periods in which the the female will accept the the male so it's it's basically regular periods of of when the uh the ewes are, are willing to to mate with the with the rams and it's underpinned by a whole lot of processes inside of the body to do with changing hormones at least once the the animals have gone through puberty and uh, and are ready to to breed. Um, they have these regular changes in a variety of hormones, which cause this estrus activity to take place. And besides the hormones, Simon, are there other components that regulate the estrus cycle in sheep? Well, we always say that it's it's hormones which are driving everything, but I suppose that it's worth noting that there are certain structures which produce these hormones. So there's 
parts of the, the brain, so the hypothalamus and the, the pituitary, and these different structures are producing um, hormones, and I'll, I'll throw in a, in a few. So gonadotrophin-releasing hormone is produced by the, the hypothalamus, and this acts on the pituitary, and the pituitary produces follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone, and then those two hormones, which are also known as gonadotrophins, they act on the gonads, and in the female, that is the, the ovary. So the ovary has some structures which grow and then regress um, during the estrus cycle. So there are the follicles, and the follicles are the things that have all of the eggs in them. And then when ovulation happens, when a follicle ovulates, you have that structure turning into first a, it's called a corpus hemorrhagicum, and then it becomes this structure called a corpus luteum. And it's the corpus luteum which makes progesterone, which prepares the, the female for pregnancy. Whilst it's the follicle, that is the thing which produces estrogen. It also produces something called inhibin, but the big one is, is estrogen. And estrogen, as you might have guessed from the name, is linked to estrus. So having a, a big follicle, which is there ready to ovulate, that is what's causing estrus in your use and causing them to be behave as they do and to be willing to accept that that male. So the goal is to produce the eggs. How many eggs can a sheep produce? Well, I mean, per cycle, um, the, the average is 1.4. Um, obviously, this doesn't happen in fractions. It's just that part of your, your flock um, producing two per cycle and some producing one. There's obviously some that, that produce even, even more and some producing none, but it balances out at around about 1.4 for, uh, for merinos. So um, you can cause them to ovulate more per cycle. And that's what happens in something like a, a multiple ovulation embryo transfer program. So if you've, you've ever any producers that are listening in, if they've ever superovulated, used for an ET program, then you give them lots of that hormone that I mentioned before called follicle stimulating hormone. Does exactly what it says on the box. It stimulates follicles, so you get lots more growing rather than just one or two being selected and, and recruited and, and becoming dominant and ovulating. You get lots, so you might get 10, you might get even 20 follicles uh, growing and ovulating and then the semen which is inseminated fertilizes those eggs and those embryos are then transferred out because whilst a, uh, a ewe has a pretty decent carrying capacity in her uterus she can't carry 20, uh, 20 embryos but uh, yes on average it's around about 1.4 although inside each ovary there are there are thousands of, of eggs it's just most of them are never uh, actually used. So are the ewes born with all those eggs at the beginning and they start their journey through each cycle? They are, that's right. So a, uh, every female um, sheep and, and also every, uh, every female woman is born with all of the eggs that she um, is going to have through her, through her life. And over time, those eggs are either ovulated or they're, they're lost through a process called so that just means that they um, that they basically don't go on to uh, 
um, become ovulated. They, they might be recruited or, or selected initially through some hormonal stimulation, but they don't make it to the, to the final stage. So they, they regress away and, um, and um, yeah, aren't, aren't used. Simon, all animals are a little bit different. How long does the estrus cycle take in a sheep? Yeah, so we always say that the, the average estrus cycle length is 17 days. So that comprises a follicular phase um, of around about three days. So you might uh, have guessed that follicular phase is when there is a follicle growing on the ovary and then there is the luteal phase. So this is when there is a, a corpus luteum and, uh, and that's around about 14 days. Now, just like in, in humans, there is some variation in sheep too. So not every ewe will be bang on 17 days, but that is the, the average. And do sheep tend to cycle regularly or are they seasonal? So what we refer to um, sheep as are their seasonally polyesterous. So they do have regular Easter cycles, but they only occur during the correct season. Um, there are some animals, um, when I say some animals, there are other species that might be um, polyesterous right through the year. And then there are, there are other species that only have one um, period of estrus. But for, for sheep, they are something called a short day breeder. So as the days are getting shorter, they start their estrus cycles and they, um, they are available to, to breed during that time. But um, eventually they hit the, the period of, of anestrus over, over winter and uh, they aren't cycling during that time. To optimise that cycle that occurs for that short season, Simon, what are some of the management strategies that a commercial breeder could, should be considering to make sure they're really maximising that window for success? Yeah, look, I, I can't go past the, the current extension and adoption packages of of aiming to have you use in, in condition score three. That's really the, the best bet. So make sure you, your nutrition is right and uh, that will be um, one of the best things that, that you can do. Um, ensure that your, your ewes aren't being uh, joined in absolute full wool and they're, they're not about to um, um, be, be shorn immediately um, prior to, to joining either, you know, within the, the week or, or two prior. So some of those things um, are fairly basic management decisions, I suppose, but um, those are some things that can be done to ensure that you're getting the, the best result when you, uh, you come, when it comes time to, uh, to joining. They've already optimised some of those management practices and they're joining outside of autumn, which is when um, sheep like to cycle, which a lot of producers do join outside of this time. How, what, is there a role that artificial products can play to help producers overcome seasonality? Certainly. So, you know, it's, it's definitely the case that whilst use a, a short day breeders and a lot of the textbooks um, will just say that, you know, they breed in autumn, 
an awful lot of joining is going on before that. And it's because um, for some reasons, which might be uh, nutritional or, or otherwise, that ewes do naturally come into estrus a little bit earlier than um, the textbooks would, would perhaps indicate. Um, but if you, you really want to bring things forward and ensure that uh, your ewes are, are definitely cycling or I shouldn't say definitely, definitely, because uh, there are no definites um, or very few definites in the in the world. But if you want to increase the likelihood that your your user are cycling, if you want to join earlier, you can either think about utilising the ram effect. So this is where you have isolated your use from from any rams for a a couple of weeks um, beforehand, and then if you bring those those rams or potentially teasers in, um, you can cause all of the, the ewes to, to come into to estrus, to be dragged out of an estrus, um, and they will begin to, to cycle. So that's something that can be done and that doesn't involve a, a, a product. You can do that yourself. Or something which is increasingly common is the, the use of um, the use of regulin. So regulin is a, a product which contains melatonin and melatonin is the same thing in the used body which is signalling the, the hypothalamic pituitary gonadal axis or the, the hypothalamus at the start to release GnRH and start up that whole axis. So melatonin is the the thing which tells the ewe that it's supposed to start doing its Easter cycles, that the, the, short, day, the um, short days are coming, the long nights are, are there, and it's time to start your Easter cycles um, going. So if you implant melatonin, it's as though you've caused the animal to think that those, those nights are, are getting longer. So that is something which some people uh, have been been using it. So it's a commercial product called called Regulin, and that certainly has been proven to be able to to bring the season forward. When you mentioned the ram effect just before, is timing important when you're utilising your teaser rams? It it is important. I'd say that in any kind of manipulation of seasonality, timing is important. So you know. It's always easier to manipulate season the closer the closer to the natural breeding season that you are. So if you're trying to get your ewes to, to cycle in sort of July or August or, or something like that, it's going to be very tricky, if not completely impossible, to use any of those those means. Um, these particular techniques are best utilised um, a bit closer to when the uh, the natural breeding season would be. So, you know, I'm talking about October, November, December. These are the sorts of joining times that you're, you're going to be aiming for. Now, the thing with, with teaser rams, um, there is some complexity to how ewes will respond to, to bringing in rams for the, for the ram effect. So, for using teaser rams, look, it's it's a good idea if you can, uh, is to to use teasers for a period of around about two weeks, um, 14 to 16 days, let's call it two weeks, and then 
after those ewes have been exposed to the teasers to then introduce the entire rams rather than necessarily relying upon entire rams from the beginning because you often won't get um, a response immediately and rams can get frustrated and, and fight a lot or you get what we call a, a biphasic response. So that means that some animals will start cycling and ovulating straight away and others won't start um, for a while. So you can get a slightly weird um, lambing um, pattern as a result. So if you're going to use um, the ram effect, we always say it's a good idea to, to use teasers for two weeks uh, and then introduce your entire rams after, after that. When we talk about cedars in industry, Simon, it's often connected to artificial breeding, but can they be used to synchronise naturally mated ewes? Look, they, they certainly can. Um, they will synchronise ewes no matter what you want to do with them. Um, so if just say you wanted to uh, utilise cedars to, to get a really fine control over when you were going to have your your use coming into estrus and ovulate, you could you could do that. Um, usually they are utilised in combination with a product called equine gonadotrophin, um, which once upon a time was, was called PMSG or pregnant mare serum gonadotrophin. So the program always was you put your cedars in for 12 days, you when you pull them out, you give them a shot of about 400 units of this PMSG and then if you're going to do artificial insemination then you might start AIing around 51 hours after that but if you're going to be using it for a natural joining you could introduce your your rams immediately after you've um, after you've rem removed the the cedars there will possibly be a slight reduction in fertility to that that first cycle just because there's a lot of um, extra hormones which are which are floating around but there's an, an alternative is to just wait for 17 days and then introduce the uh, the rams at that that next cycle we uh, we call it the the natural estrus after the the synchronized cycle but look either way um, you're going to have to use some more ram power because you've got everything coming into estrus all at once and when I say all at once, it's you know on the on the same day. So you can imagine that rather than having in a non-synchronized flock, you've got one seventeenth of the flock in estrus each day because you've got a seventeen-day estrus cycle. Everything is in estrus on one day, so the rams have got to work very very hard for a very short period of time. So you need some extra rams in there. And do you know what percent of rams you would put into the flock under that sort of situation? Look, this is probably one of those examples where I, I should have gone and read my textbook that I've written <laughs> beforehand, but from memory, it's something like 10%. Like it's it's quite high. Um, you, you need around about 10% rams. Yeah. Simon, you joined me recently at Sheep Connect New South Wales for a webinar and you took us all back to school and we certainly learnt about this topic um, in depth when you joined me. And we had a lot of really great questions come through from producers during question time. But one question that came through, which I'd like us to touch back on now, was about how these different interventions that 
um, we use to improve fertility, do they advance puberty in sheep? Yeah, so puberty is, uh, is certainly a hot topic at the moment and everybody wants to know how they can um, join their, their lambs and, and have more of them cycling and have higher fertility rates. Um, so we know from an awful lot of research that some of the biggest things which drive the fertility of, of lambs and the puberty, or when puberty occurs in lambs is how heavy they are and their condition score, but also their season. Now, I will say that there is some indication that you can utilize something like Regulin um, to potentially um, bring forward puberty under certain circumstances. And there's current research um, which is taking place to, to see exactly what the effectiveness of that is. Some of the work which has previously been done has, has been quite promising in, in that area. There's a, a review that one of my past PhD students has, has written on this uh, whole topic of, uh, of puberty in, uh, in sheep and, and also the use of exogenous hormones like, uh, like regulin. So the, the review indicated that there's, there's research that suggests that it, it, it does work, but there is some more work left to be done because what we see in the same way as when we use things like Regulin or the RAM effect or whatever to try and influence seasonality, it's the same thing with puberty in that you can't completely overcome uh, nature. So it will always be the case that um, puberty best takes place um, in autumn. Um, can we bring that forward a little bit by the, the use of, of regulin? Um, possibly, but um, it's, it's unlikely that it will solve all of the, all of the problems, won't be a complete silver bullet. So that's probably a, a slightly vague um, answer to the, to the question. I'm sure everybody would, would like me to just say, look, do this, fertility will um, definitely increase. Uh, this is exactly the protocol to use, but unfortunately it's, it's not quite that, that simple. But if you, you are looking to, to join um, yeah, ewe lambs. If you are wanting to, to get puberty happening faster, then certainly look at, uh, at nutrition. That is, uh, is really a huge thing. And just keep in mind that um, lambs want to go through puberty in autumn. So um, if you're, if they're, when they were born, if it's more likely that they are, coming up to that that period of hitting the, the target weights and the and the condition scores in round about sort of November-ish, um, then they're going to certainly be struggling a little bit more rather than if they were hitting those target weights uh, around about, um, you know, sort of April, March, April kind of thing. So hopefully that answers your question to, to some degree, but I, I realise that it may just add more confusion into the mix. No, not at all. It's actually a good message and well timed at the moment. We're rolling our Sheep Connect New South Wales winning with Wieners workshops are starting to roll back out again throughout New South Wales and the 
one of the key messages to come out of that workshop is how to um, identify your target winning weight and how you go about achieving it in all your sheep so you can maximise productivity. So that's a great place to finish up on, Simon. So thank you so much for the knowledge you've shared today with our listeners and for taking the time to join me on It's Time For You. My absolute pleasure, Fiona. Thanks so much. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of It's Time For You, the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. If you haven't done so already, rate and review us on iTunes. We'd appreciate it if you could share our podcast within your networks. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the Australian Wool Innovation podcast, The Yarn. We'd love you to stay in contact with Sheep Connect New South Wales, and you can do this in a number of ways. Join our network by visiting www.sheepconnectnewsouthwales.com.au and you can find us at Sheep Connect New South Wales on Facebook and Twitter. We look forward to seeing you at our workshops and events during the year. Thank you again for joining us today. Bye for now. Bye.